Welcome. You're listening to Value Add with Lars Coburn, bringing conversations and reflections that add value to your life. Hey friends, it's another sermon of mine from Franklin Christian Church. Today, I'm going to be doing a thing on lament using six boxes, and I'd really encourage you to have a blank piece of paper in front of you if you have a chance, or even just a notepad, or something that you can jot down the responses to these prompts. The resource, actually, I used to come up with these prompts and everything like that was a liturgy uh, by Aaron Nequist, I think is his name, and uh, he has a liturgy on lament. You can find out more and visit his website and find it all on Bandcamp uh, by checking out the show notes. So I didn't come up with all of the stuff. He doesn't use six boxes. It's much more well-produced. It's a great reflection. Check out Aaron Nequist's resource. Uh, But now... Let's go to the Hope and Exile Lament Sermon. So let me begin by reading Psalm chapter 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer me, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Uh, so today I want to talk a little bit just about Psalm 13 and what um, it means and then kind of practice a, a form of using some of the language in Psalm 13. So at the beginning of the, the prayer or the psalm begins with an address of God. And so when we pray to God, we're like declaring confidence in the fact that God hears us. So unlike a lot of people or religions and things like that, we are declaring and using this name for God um, in the in the psalm here. It's the name Yahweh or the the verbiage I am. It's the name that God gave the people of Israel. And so God is present. God is active. God is living. It's always declared as God is the God of our father, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and God of um God active in our lives. And so we're claiming that. We're saying that we're calling upon the name of the Lord in prayer, even in this prayer that's going to be a little bit um, kind of accusatory of God. We're going to accuse God. How long are you going to be leaving us alone? But we're doing that with the first and foremost belief that God hears us. So um It's not that we're just saying God doesn't exist. We're not saying that because of our pain and because of these things that are happening in our world that we believe God is gone and aloof and somewhat um, not active in our world, not present. We're not saying that we don't believe in God, even though we're questioning God's existence. We're, We're not saying that we don't think God is hearing us, even though we're saying it seems like God, you're not hearing us, right? There's this... Uh, first and foremost, commitment in the psalmist's heart and belief that God is present and God does hear. So we bring then to this God who is present and who hears us the agenda 
of Psalm 13. And the agenda is presented in uh, verses 1 through 3, or verses 1 through 4, really, as kind of threefold. It's trouble both with God, um, trouble with ourselves, and trouble with other people. So it seems like um, God doesn't help us. It seems like there's uh, painful things going on, evidence um, that we're struggling with things, anxiety that tortures our mind, painful questions, an enemy that dominates the situation. And um, there are three distinct things uh, of, of trouble with God, trouble with ourselves, and trouble with an enemy, but they're all linked together. They, they are not as, um, they're distinct, but they're also inseparable. They're not easy to distinguish always. Um, and they really give us a, a full account of what kind of troubles face the faithful. So as we live this life with Christ and with God, we come upon troubles. Troubles, um, in our experience, typically go this way. They, we become helpless because of some experience, like maybe um, an enemy has taken a hold of us or we've done something to ourselves. And then that helplessness causes anxiety and that anxiety begins to say, God, why aren't you present? Why haven't you helped in this situation? It seems like all these promises of you being our provider um, are not showing up. And so we protest God. Um, and so, but in the prayer, as you notice in the Psalms, Psalmist prayer, it begins with God. It begins with our trouble with God, because that's uh, really the most important matter of faith. Uh, if we solve the the dilemma with God, then all these other problems with ourselves and with enemies will fall into place. Um, and so we begin by uh, by asking God to hear us, and then we ask God to help us. So in the psalmist's understanding, hearing and helping are kind of two sides of the same coin. They're they're different and distinct, and they're they have their places, but they're really um, they're, they're, they're the same thing. For God to hear us is to help us. And for God to help us means that God has heard us. And so they work in tandem together. Um, the psalm leads uh, those who read it and, and to pray to it from protest then into um, kind of a petition of asking God to do something. And then you'll notice there's this big transition in verse 5 to trusting and praising. And so we move from just protesting God's inactivity in our lives to petitioning God to hear and help to then praising God for how God has saved, for God's salvation. So the psalm doesn't just leave us in this protest, but it actually teaches us. Um, it teaches us that all of these things work together in prayer. That as we bring God our brokenness and our frustrations, then we also ask God to be um, part of that, and then we praise God for how God has shown up and saved us. Um, in our discussion of hope, we've talked a lot about how we need to relinquish the old world in order to receive the new thing that God wants to do. We have to let go in order to receive the new thing. And so I think lament is a great uh, way of naming what's amiss and what's wrong, protesting that, and then uh, seeing how God is showing up and looking forward with hope to what God will do. Uh, one of the classic um, 
I guess, uh, from the Reformation, his name is Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, uh, but Martin Luther was a, a German theologian, and uh, he did a lot of writing. He talked about Psalm 13 this way. Um, he called it kind of a, a stance of prayer, a state in which hope despairs, and yet despair hopes. It's kind of a paradox idea, right? It's, it's as if the, the positive nature in us says, yes, I need to enter into my pain and bring God my pain in order that my pain might hope in the future. Um, we often want to avoid despair because we think that it will take us down into a place where we might not be able to come back. And yet he kind of speaks of it as at the same time um, that this idea of hope despairs and yet despair hopes at the same time. And um, he ties into some other passages of Scripture where the Apostle Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit groaning um, with words that cannot be uttered uh, and where the Holy Spirit makes this intercession for us. Um, and it feels like something that no one has understood or tasted. So I, I think um, lament gives us space, creates space in our life where pain can be seen as an avenue uh, to hope. And so today, that's how I want us to kind of enter into this exercise with the six boxes, is to uh, reach back into, today might not be a day where you're in that much of a despair. So it may be a little bit um, <laughs> difficult to go here, you know. Um, it's a little forced, if you will. Most of us don't choose when we go into pain or when we're entering into a season of despair or a time where we need to lament. We don't choose, like I told about the story last week, when someone suddenly dies. We don't choose these moments. Um, but the church has built in times when we need to practice communal lament, where we can reach back in and find that pain that's unresolved and share it with God and protest the things that are amiss so that we create space where we might hope anew. And so that's what we're talking about with the prophets, that living in exile is about rep uh, uh, recognizing how the known world is no longer known. It's gone. And we need to admit that and acknowledge that in order to embrace the new thing that God wants us to do. So the psalm uh, here teaches us how to pray this very important type of prayer, a lament prayer. A prayer that's not just one uh, that seeks God's help, but actually first names our pain. It, we speak um, to a God who is ours, right? He's present, he's active in our life, but that God is never um, owned by us. He's not uh, domesticated, he's not a pet in our house, he's not just someone we control. Uh, this God is one we actually have to lament to we have to protest to we have to ask questions we have to bring our pain to and we have to we have to realize that some of our issues are issues between us and god um uh, so uh i think the the beauty of this psalm when we ask that question how long lord um is that we sometimes feel like we're lamenting into empty space um but in that emptiness we're also saying and declaring like the psalmist in verse 5 and 6 um, that God has dealt has dealt bountifully with us 
Um, so all the while we pray for life in our dying, and we pray because through the gospel we bear already in us the foretaste of the life to come. So this is from Second Corinthians chapter 4. Paul says, For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So it's this paradox of dying and rising again. And if we don't ever die, there's no hope and there's no chance for, for resurrection. Um, and that's not just an end-of-life thing, but that's an everyday thing in our prayer time and in the way that we approach our pain. That if we don't allow that pain to, to bring us to death's door, then we don't have a chance for Jesus to, re to uh, resurrect us again, in the, even in this life, to live anew. Uh, so let me read Psalm 13 again, and then uh, we're gonna, I'm going to play some music while I, on my iPad, that's going to be kind of background music, because what I'm going to do is lead you through a reflection time. So there's going to be a few long pauses where I'm not talking, and you're either doodling, sitting and just reflecting by yourself, writing words, using the imagery that, that comes best to you. If the paper is helpful, it's helpful. If it's not, it's not. Um, this is a time for you. So let me read Psalm 13, and then... Um, we'll get into the, the lament time. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. You're going to start in your first quadrant, and we're going to be sharing in this quadrant the name or names for God. And so for you, it might mean that you are thinking of a specific title for God that you have used in the past. A lot of people reference Jesus using Abba or Daddy uh, for, for God. There are other names throughout Scripture that refer to God. But as we begin in step one, we're going to address God as we begin this lament time. So as you jot down a name or as you doodle um, an image of, of God that connects with you, um, I'm going to pray this, this prayer to begin our time. Holy and loving God, we cry out to you in the depths of our despair, in the chaos of our crisis, in the anguish of our agony, we cry out your name. So wherever you are in your time of lament, as you jot down this name for God, let your heart cry out to him. 
as we move into step two, we're going to be naming our pain and sharing our pain. And as I do that, I'm going to be sharing a few prayers with us. So in box two for you, begin to reach back into your memory and think about a pain that you might need to lament or protest before God. Something you feel might be unresolved. Um, it could be a personal experience. It could be uh, something that's happened in our world, in our families. Um, begin to jot down, write, use words, use uh, pictures to express your pain to God. So we pray, Lord, can you hear us? We are weary and worn out, broken and beaten, heartbroken and hungry for justice, relief, healing, love. So we speak to you our pain. Holy and loving God, we know you are the God who hears, who bends low to listen, who draws near to heal, who carries our crises, and who has walked in our skin. We affirm our trust in you. And so I bring you my pain. I bring you my sorrow. I bring you my shame. I bring you the threat of tomorrow. Lord, help us, intervene, act, save us, rescue, redeem. Do not abandon us here. If you are indeed the God who is close to the brokenhearted, draw close, show up, heal this pain. We beg for your help and intervention. So for you, it may mean that you stay in box two, thinking about the pain and expressing it more clearly. Or this might be an opportunity to move into box three. In step three, we're going to imagine how God might respond to the pain that you just shared. It might mean that you sit in silence and don't doodle for the next moment and you imagine what is the posture that God might take. Perhaps you hear a word or phrase that God might say to you, dear daughter, dear son, you are my beloved. Um, maybe it's a way that God would respond by coming close and putting his arm on your shoulder, giving you a hug, embracing your pain. Listen, and how do you imagine God is responding to your pain? So in step three, as I pray this prayer, listen for how God might speak or respond to your pain. Lord, can you hear us? Our brokenness is ever before us. Yes, we too have caused pain. We are not blameless in your sight. But this storm has raged against us. It's merciless, shameless, relentless. We cannot go on like this. We continue to share with you the story of our pain. 
Lord, we cannot ignore the face of our pain, the source of our injustice, the inflictor of this wound. Their face is ever before us, mocking, hurting, blaming. Let your justice roll down upon them. We speak our yearning for your justice on behalf of our enemies. So for you, you might still be in box two, or maybe you're still in box three, but as we move into box four, if you're able to, maybe you need to start thinking a little bit about the person or the illness or the circumstance or the situation that is your adversary or your enemy. Perhaps it's yourself and the parts of you that war with your flesh that you do, as the Apostle Paul says, things you do not want to do. And the things you want to do, you can't do those. Whoever the person or the illness or the circumstance or the situation that is your enemy and adversary in this time, bring them before God. Name them maybe on your paper. Illustrate them with a doodle or an image as we continue to pray. God, indeed you do hear us. You welcome our words. You are patient with our prayers. You hold our hurts. You are the God who has always heard our cries. So we thank you for hearing us. God, we bring before you these things. We humbly offer ourselves imperfect hurting here. We ask these questions. Should I thank you for my pain? Should I thank you for my sorrow? I'll bring you my shame. I'll bring you the threat that I see of tomorrow. I thank you that after all of this, I can finally grow, even in the soil of death and despair. Thank you for meeting me here. So in a moment, um, we're going to move into step five. And um, as we reflect on step five, uh, we're going to sing Amazing Grace in just a moment. Um, So Barbara's going to get ready to to play Amazing Grace for us. And while we sing Amazing Grace, we're going to be reflecting for the box for step five on how God meets us. And again, this is similar to how God responded to your pain. Maybe it was with a word or phrase. But today, maybe God is sitting next to you in the pew or meeting you for lunch um, afterwards. Maybe in the smile of a loved one or in the uh, laughter of a child, you hear something. You experience a way in which God responds. I'd love for you to let your imagination flow. You know, how does the God of infinite love meet you in your pain? So let me pray this, and then we'll sing Amazing Grace. Even as the darkness closes in, your love endures forever. Your hand covers and protects. Your light makes it possible to see. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you are with us, who can stand against us? We proclaim who you are to the world. 
So we thank you for doubt. We thank you for despair. When options run out, we thank you for mercifully even unanswered prayers. Thank you for all that can finally grow in the soil of death and despair. And thank you for meeting me there. So as you uh, continue thinking about your lament and whatever that pain is for you that you've brought and how God might be meeting you there, I've left the six box open to you. Um, It's kind of the how will you respond to this time of lament? What will you take with you? What space or openness is now there? What does waiting look like? Waiting maybe for God's response. Because as we pray to close this morning, I wanted to just close with this thought. And so um, I think it's, it's a good one. It fits very well with Psalm 13. That seemingly almost feels like it ends with a confirmation that God has shown up. And that God has taken away all of the questions and all of the doubts. And the reality is I don't think the psalmist is resolved in the prayer. I think he ends with waiting. And so we pray. Thank you for all that is possible, O God, in the space that pain can create. We cling to your amazing grace and we wait and wait and wait. So what does the waiting look like for you? The sixth box is open. Could be filled in Later today, later this week, later this year, what does it look like for you to wait in the space that's been opened? Let's pray. Awesome God, we thank you for the chance to lament, for getting out of our comfort zone in ways that maybe were unfamiliar. We thank you for the poems and the the prayers that we have in our Bibles and for those that have been shared with us by others that give us language and help our imagination grow. Help us to bring you our pain. Help us in the waiting. We thank you for hearing us. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as a benediction, may you... uh, Be able to trust God even with your pain. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to Value Add. For more great conversations and insights, visit valueaddconversations.com.